Coming up on today's show, the Prime Minister slam for attending Carl Sanderland's wedding. Sophia Begg apologises for dressing up as the stingray that killed Steve Irwin. And millionaire podcaster Alex Cooper gets engaged in her trackies. Hello and welcome to Outspoken. It's your dose of the hottest influencer and pop culture news twice a week. I'm Sophie Torbert and I'm coming to the podcast again with a harrowing story, which is deeply embarrassing. I feel like I'm the only one that brings these sorts of stories to the table. What have you done this time? Because last time we heard from you, you'd bled all over the hairdresser's seat. And then you also wore shorts inside out at Audi. (laughs) Well, that was a while ago. Well, it actually is in relation to the period story. It kind of connects with that story. So I still actually don't know how it happened. So Brandon left for work early in the morning and I copped this phone call and he says, there is a pad attached to your car. I don't know what's going on. And I said, has it fallen out of the bin? Because I was on my period. I said, has someone stuck it to my car? What is going on? How disgusting. He's like, I don't think it's been used. So I rushed downstairs and yeah, there's this clean pad just attached to the side door of my car. See, that would have been my worry that it was used. Like it yeah. could have been way worse. Wait, I want to know, how long have you been driving along with this pad stuck to your car? Well, I don't know because I have been keeping a pad in my handbag ever since this period incident happened. And when I was out on a walk with Archie, I ran out of bags to pick up poo. So I grabbed the pad out. I took off the wrapper and used that to pick up the poo instead. So I don't know how this pad has then become out of my bag and attached to the car. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you meant that you used the pad to pick no, up the poo. I'm like, that's that's even, I'm like, that's even more embarrassing than having a pad I feel on your like car. that would have made more sense than using the pad wrapper but that's not much protection. Well, I didn't want to waste the pad. Mm, Very gosh. Well, I mean, it has been consequently wasted now, but I think I must've been driving around on it at least from my walk to home. So rather embarrassing. And you live in a group of townhouses. So I feel like your neighbors would have seen it. Oh, it was embarrassing too, because we have a group of young guys who live next door (gasps) and they're constantly in and out. So I'm sure there were a few raised eyebrows, but it's off the car now. So some some chit chat behind the scenes at the wedding. Like everyone was like going on, oh, the prime minister's there and these underworld figures. By the way, none of these people have ever been charged. Oh, the the best man did, did do it. <laughs> the best man did do a four year stint in an Italian jail. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese has been slammed for attending the lavish wedding of controversial shock jock Kyle Sanderlands. Among the bridal party were a convicted drug smuggler and an underworld figure. Albo defended his decision, saying he wasn't in charge of the guest list. Now, before we get into it, we need to set the scene. This wedding has been trending on social media, partly due to the staggering cost. Yeah, that's right. The wedding is reported to have cost the couple more than $1 million, and it did take place at the extravagant Swift's mansion in Sydney's Darling Point. Now, let's break down some of the costs which are being reported. The first is that the couple enlisted the help of a wedding stylist who charged $250,000. I'm guessing that covers the cost of some of those incredible chandeliers that seem to be everywhere at the reception. Yeah, it had a very Kardashian-esque vibe Mm. from 10 years ago. Yeah, it seemed very 2010, almost a throwback to Kyle's former wedding to Tamara from Popstars. (laughs) I thought it looked incredible. I thought the flowers looked amazing. You could see where the money had gone to. They want to look amazing. They cost 150 grand. Yeah, I know. But it did. I thought it looked stunning. I think I just wasn't a fan of the chandeliers and the white. I just thought it was too much white. There wasn't any anything else popping. Now, another big cost was the photographer and videographer, which cost $80,000. Jeez, that's making me feel better about my own <laughs> wedding budget. 
Now, Kyle's wife, Tegan, she did look absolutely stunning and her dress was from Michelle Mason, which reportedly cost around $50,000. See, I'm not as shocked about the dress because I feel like for these big celebrity weddings, they're going to wear a really expensive dress. But the other costs do surprise me a lot. Yeah, the three-course meal is said to have cost the couple $75,000, whilst the five-tier custom cake cost $9,400. I wonder when you're invited to a wedding like this, what you do with the wishing well. Like, Mm. because normally you're meant to be, oh, how much does it cost per head? Oh, shit. Well, (laughs) if you do the maths, there was around 130 guests there. So if it's 75,000 just on food, that's about $576 per guest. Well, that's not even including the alcohol. Mm. So normally you would include that in your wishing well cost. I'd I'd be very interested to know what Albo gave as a gift. That would be fascinating. I wonder whether we'll find that out later. Now, with so many famous faces and obviously politicians at the event, Kyle revealed that he spent $120,000 on security, which included 15 private guards and members of the New South Wales and Federal Police Force. I did hear that intern Pete made a joke at the wedding and said that those Federal Police officers, they weren't actually there to protect Albo. They were actually there for John Ibrahim. <laughs> I don't know how well that went down, but I can see why they did have the private security guards because there was media just outside mm. this wedding. They were camped out there all day. I saw Jackie O walk in. She was actually running late to the oh, wedding. She looks stunning oh she did she looked amazing so she walked in with her daughter kitty and it was she was just hounded by press you can see why they were there you've Mm. got the prime minister you've also got these underworld figures these criminals as everyone's been calling them you've also got the a-list pop stars who perform for free at kyle's wedding so there was guy sebastian samantha jade and also conrad sewell i don't know if guy sebastian performed for free because apparently kyle said he was amazing but he cost a bit so whether whether they first initially said they'd perform for free well he did perform Perform their first dance song mm. and then he ha- it looked like he had sort of a concert there he was singing a lot of his hits did anyone see the first dance on tiktok the comments were turned off which was indicative of my thoughts because i thought a lot of people might be saying it looked rather awkward i see, haven't that was, seen it that was the most relatable part of the wedding for me because that's how i feel i'll be very wooden like that it was it was a bit awkward i think it's bad when there's not one person in the couple who is leading or yeah, a strong dancer. Kyle was like begging people to come up and join <laughs> me on the dancing. I quite like that. I can't imagine Kyle and Tegan breaking out to an Olivia Rogers, Justin McKeon styled first no. dance. Now, how did you guys feel, though, about this lavish wedding? Because we are in the midst of a cost of living crisis. I mean, it is very on brand for Kyle to have something really extravagant like this. But did it make you feel a bit uncomfortable? I feel like it's the same argument around when the Kardashians ever do anything. We've got to remember Kyle, as well as Jackie O, are the biggest radio presenters in Australia and the most well-paid. Yeah, they're probably the biggest media earners in the country. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you've got to spend a meal on a wedding. Yeah, but... uh, does it just mean that he can't have the wedding he wants because other people are going well, through a cost of living crisis? Do you think it's more that people feel uncomfortable with some of these numbers that are being thrown around, whether he's put those numbers out there or if the media's picked up on them? Like, you know, spending $150,000 on flowers when some people are being kicked out of their rentals, they can't afford to buy a house. Yeah, but do we hold Kyle Sanderlands as the reason as to why there is a no, cost of living crisis? Like, I just find it weird when people blame others. Like, yes, it was tone deaf, but I also feel like people spend a lot of money on on weddings in general, even if they're not ultra wealthy. If you look at the demographic who listen to the Carl and Jackie O show, they're generally your tradies, truckies, they're sort of Aussie battlers who generally listen. And a lot of them wanted to hear all these details about Kyle's wedding. I don't think that they were offended. It's sort of this form of escapism for them. I think we're at a point where we know celebrities are going to put a lot of money into their weddings. Mm. Yeah. And as you said, Sophie, you asked the question, 
Kyle spoke about a lot of the the costs involved with the wedding. He put these figures out there and I'm assuming he did so because they're good conversation starters for radio and he always brags about his wealth. It's kind of his well, thing. Well, it's, it's on brand for him, isn't yeah. it? What wasn't on brand was the fact that Prime Minister Anthony Albanese and also newly appointed New South Wales Premier Chris Minns both attended this wedding and they faced a lot of criticism for it. And you may be wondering how this all came about. So last year in the lead up to the election, Albo appeared on the Carl and Jackie O show and they were having a bit of fun about Kyle's upcoming wedding. And Carl and Jackie O threw it to him and said, will you DJ at the wedding? Because yeah, Albo has a past history of DJing. So yeah. I think it was like a bit of a joke. And I suppose Albo was like, oh, well, you know, if I get elected, because at the time, Kyle and Jackie O were very pro SCOMO. And mm. I think he was really trying to get in with their audience. Yeah. Now, in the days leading up to the wedding, there was a lot lot of speculation around whether Albo would attend the wedding and if he would DJ at the event. However, on Saturday morning, hours before the wedding, he put the rumours to bed, confirming he would be attending, but he would not be getting on the decks that night. I found it weird because I felt like he was using the fact that he had promised to DJ at the wedding as an excuse for actually attending the wedding. And then all of a sudden it's like, no, I'm not DJing, but I'm going. Yeah, because he said, oh, I keep my promise to Kyle like I would keep to the rest yeah. of the you know mm-hmm. community. Let's throw to what he said in the press conference. Yeah. Are you really going to be DJing a radio shock jocks wedding with questionable underfigures in it? <laughs> well, I, I'm not in charge of the invite list. I was invited uh, by Carl Sanderlands uh, to uh, his wedding, uh, which is taking place uh, tomorrow in Sydney. I accepted that invitation uh, and uh, I intend to uh, attend. Carl Sanderlands is uh, someone who's a significant figure and one of the things about Carl Sanderlands, I'll say this, a, a bloke who at one stage was homeless, living on the streets of Sydney and has grown into someone who is a significant uh, public figure is a, a part of uh, what is an Australian success story. I uh, was invited uh, to the wedding, I said I would go and I keep my commitments, including to Kyle Sanderlands. A strange hill to die on that he's keeping his promise to Kyle Sanderlands, despite the huge media speculation that surrounded it. You can see his PR team would have been like, shit, we're going to look bad if we say no, because then the Liberal Party is going to focus on the fact that Albo doesn't keep his promises. <laughs> However, the alternative, I think, was far worse in terms of public relations because so many people have slammed him for actually attending. Yeah, well, the controversy is really centred around the fact that Kyle's bridal party included convicted drug smuggler Simon Main and former King's Cross nightclub owner John Ibrahim. Now, for those who don't know, Simon Main was jailed in Italy in 2000 for his role in a drug operation, whilst John Ibrahim is described by his own book publisher as Australia's most notorious underworld figure. There's a new show that's coming out about his life. And as you heard in that grab, when he was questioned about why he was attending, he said that he wasn't in charge of the guest list. What do you think about the Prime Minister rubbing shoulders with this sort of clientele of people? I find it very interesting that he said he's not in charge of the guest list because when I was working at the 36ers, we would invite the Premier to attend the event and there was a lot of paperwork you'd have to fill out in order to get him there. You had to list who was going, all these different requirements around security and entry points. So I find it very perplexing that he wouldn't have been clued up on who was attending this wedding. It's well known that John Ibrahim is Kyle Sandland's best friend. So he was always going to be in attendance. 
I think it comes down to the fact that Kyle is extremely powerful in the media. So for Albo to be on Kyle's side definitely helps him. I just don't think that the Prime Minister of this country should be partying with drug traffickers and underworld figures. He is the leader of this country and who he chooses to associate with says a lot about him. It just seems really weird to me that he's pimping himself out as this DJ. It seems like he's just really wanting to be liked. I mean, he didn't DJ though. Yeah, but he was pimping himself out as the DJ. Can you imagine if Scott Morrison appeared at Kyle's wedding and played his ukulele? He probably would have been there. You've got to understand though, in the context of Albo mentioning the fact he was a DJ. When he was on the Carl and Jackie O show, both ScoMo and Albo were joking around because that's the sort of audience, like they had to have a bit of a joke with the audience. So he wasn't pimping himself out. They mentioned, yeah, oh, you was, were a he, DJ. He on, it was only on Saturday, the morning of the wedding, he actually confirmed, hey, I'm actually not going to yeah, be DJ." Yeah, probably because his media advisors the blew their lid. He probably thought that the optics of it were going to be really cool. It kind of reminds me of when Kevin Rudd was seen at that strip club well it's i mean it's better than playing the ukulele like, let's be honest I'd rather, I'd rather see albo djing than scott morrison but I think playing he's the ukulele getting very caught up in this celebrity lifestyle Look, i understand i feel like it's very opposite of the image he was trying to put out being an aussie battler and one of us i suppose he's trying to hold on to the fact that kyle used to be one of us in terms of he was a battler he's come from the and, streets and made it really I, successful I didn't like that comment at all i don't like the fact that albo is praising Kyle in this way and aligning himself with such an infamous figure because we just have to take a look back at some of the large controversies that Kyle has been involved in. In 2009, in a lie detector stunt that went wrong, we saw Kyle air an interview with a distressed child who said that she'd been raped at the age of 12. In the same year, he also fat shamed Magna Sabansky saying that she could be skinny if she were in a concentration camp. A few years later in 2011, Kyle unleashed an on-air rant at a female journalist who gave his TV show a negative review. He said, what a fat bit of thing you are, you deputy editor of an online thing. You've got a nothing job anyway. You're a piece of shit, you little troll. You should be fired from your job. He then finished off by warning he would hunt her down. Jeez. And just last year, Kyle said that monkeypox was a big gay disease. So it's quite shocking to think that Albo would happily align himself with someone like this. Mm. Yeah, those views are not something I would want to politically align myself with if I was Albo or just myself in general. Mm. Now, Deputy Opposition Leader Susan Lay said that there was nothing wrong with going to a friend's wedding, but questioned why Albo would take a day off before the federal budget. She said, it is curious the Prime Minister thinks he can take a day off just before his first real budget. Australians will rightly ask whether the Prime Minister should be spinning decks at a multi-million dollar wedding when people can't afford their rent and I suppose that's another big reason why people were so pissed off he Mm. was there it you know people are struggling at the moment and he's at a millionaire's wedding when he's meant to be preparing for the budget from a PR perspective I just don't understand why his media advisors let him attend this I don't know why there wasn't someone in his camp saying hey this is one of the most hated men in Australia. This is not a good look. Look, the thing is, you're saying he's very hated, but that's from a specific part of the community. But, there that's, are- but that's Albo's community. Those are the people that the woke community and the young people are the ones that Albo really marketed himself towards. I disagree. I mean, look at how Trump got elected in the US. He was appealing to a certain demographic. You've got to remember, Carl and Jackie O have the number one rating radio show in Australia. They hold a lot of but power. I would argue Some that- people would have thought... That's great of Albo to go uh, to Kyle's wedding. Also, I don't think that the like there's not the vast majority of people are not woke. He needs to tap into a bigger audience if he wants to get yeah, re-elected. Yeah, but I just think that this audience 
isn't the audience that align with him politically. But I don't think people know much about politics. I think that they see the two leaders, they go, who do you like, ScoMo or Albo? There's not, it's not like America where there is a lot of difference between the Liberal and Labor Party, to be honest. There's not a huge difference. It's who do you like, who's a good guy? And he thinks, oh, I'm going to keep my promise and go to Kyle Sandler's I would disagree, wedding. though. I think that in the recent election, people drew huge parallels between both parties like that's got, no but no no one likes scomo that's why he got kicked and out and i can assure you if somebody like kyle sanderlands actually ran to become prime minister he would get a shitload of votes regardless yeah, of what other people well, think it's not, a popularity contest put that idea well, no, thank goodness we don't have the same political system as america and something like that can happen mm. we have so much to discuss today you saw the title and the title is real Podcast royalty Alex Cooper has shocked listeners by announcing her engagement to Mr. Sexy Zoo Man. Amy, who is the secret man? Well, Mr. Sexy Zoo Man is actually called Matt Kaplan and he's a 39-year-old film producer and businessman. And being a Daddy Gang member, I remember hearing first about him back in 2020 and this is when Zoom calls started becoming a thing. So Alex actually met him on a Zoom call, hence the nickname Sexy Zoo Man. Now, while it's the first time Alex has officially mentioned Matt by name, Daddy Gang fans had already worked out who he was and there's been a lot of discussion on Reddit about him. See, I was always too lazy to Google. I was always like, (laughs) I wonder what he looks like. He wasn't really what I was expecting. I thought he'd be a bigger name. I thought he'd be taller as well. I know that sounds silly. I googled his height. He's under six foot. I don't know. For some reason, no shame to the small kings. Is that what they call them? But I wouldn't say someone's a small king if they're under six foot. Like if they're 5'11". I'm just saying it surprised me. Really? I thought he was a good height. Mm. And I actually thought he'd look older. I was surprised to find out that he was 39. I actually thought he looked a lot younger than that. Really? I thought he looked kind of old. The thing that surprised me was that he's been married before to Claire Holt, who's an Australian actor. So she's been in the Vampire Diaries and the originals. What surprised me more was he was linked to Ashley Olsen. So he was dating Ashley back in the early 2000s and they dated for three years. He's clearly got a type because Mm. he also dated Whitney Port from The Hills. When I did a bit of a deep dive into him, what worried me a little bit is the fact that his marriage to Claire Holt didn't last very long. So they got divorced a day before their one year wedding anniversary. That seems to be a bit of a trend at the moment, but it was back in 2016. We're just getting to the proposal. What I loved about it was Alex was actually in her trackies when Matt got down on one knee. And this is despite all the effort Matt went into to ensure Alex was glammed up ready for the photos. It kind of reminds me of when I got engaged because we had it at our housewarming and everyone's like, why were you wearing jeans? But I didn't (laughs) care because I had my hair and my makeup done. That's all I cared Mm. about. I didn't have my nails done. Well, I think that a lot of guys should be taking tips from Matt because he organized this fake photo shoot for Alex to go to. As if that's something normal. Oh, hang on, honey, you've got a fake photo shoot on. What I mean is you should say, oh why don't you go out to lunch with your girls the girls to get them out of the house so they're dressed nicely I don't know I think it's kind of obvious when boys are suddenly like organizing your social life if Reese was like oh hey why don't you go get dressed up and have a night well, out he, with the girls I'd be like what no but fuck? he did the exact same thing because he had organized the house warming yeah so but, it's kind of similar no, I mean I, it was on my radar I was like yeah mm. but the thing is Matt actually organized it with Alex's PA so I think it was also coming from the PA that she had well, this shoot on that would be easier if your yeah. partner had a PA yeah. so, so she did go out she had her hair done she had her nails done but she got changed after the photo shoot and what I love is that she actually got changed into her own daddy gang merchandise i wonder if it was purposely so, done. yeah it sounds a bit strategic on her top it read unwell university and what's really <laughs> ironic about this is that is the famous 
term that was actually coined by Sophia, her ex co-host. Oh. So a lot of people have been like, who gets married and then has merch on with the, you know, Sophia's catchphrase. So was this old merch? No, this is new, new merch. They've taken that, you know, the daddy gang have taken over that phrase of being unwell. What I thought was cool is that Matt filmed a video to start this scavenger hunt once she got back to the house and he was dressed in the same clothes that he wore when they first met on the Zoom call. So he announced that he's got this little clues in every room. It was epic how this thing how was set up. I remember what he was wearing on a Zoom yeah. call. I remember. Suit. Did he have his track pants on underneath too? <laughs> you know how everyone wears business up top? But, but to set this scene, the house literally looked like something out of The Bachelor. There was just oh. candles everywhere and they had their two dogs dressed up in suits. They were so cute. Yeah, but what's really hilarious about one of the dogs is the dog Henry, he was actually Matt and his ex-wife's Claire's dog. Oh. So a lot of people have been on Reddit saying, let's get Henry back to Claire. <gasps> like there's been this whole movement. She loves Henry. I know. That's, that, I, that, I have a problem with that. that because, I think it's me. That's because you're a step dog mum. No, no, I'm Shadow's real mother. That really shits me. We say that he's got mother number one and mother number two. Just getting back to this scavenger hunt, Matt had put in so much effort. Or so, the PA. Well, yeah, or the PA. So in the kitchen, there was 30 framed photos and they range from photos from their first date, their first trip and the first time they met their dog. Can I ask a quick question? Do you guys have a photo from your first date? Because I feel like that's kind of an awkward thing. I remember when Harry no. and Meghan had their doco and they had this photo they'd snapped on their first date. I no. think you guys have a photo of my first date. We will talk about oh. this in a subscriber episode. You rocked up on the date and took a photo of the setup. That. Yeah, well, not of them. It was just of the car. Oh, just of the long lens, just sort of snapped. Well, it looked like a big stalker shot. But no, I don't have a, I don't have a selfie from a first date. But I do remember Brandon pulled out his phone to take a Snapchat to send to you guys. I don't have a photo because it's sort of we were friends first, so we had photos together when we were at work. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? No, I couldn't think of anything worse than being on a first date and being like, hey, let's take a photo of this. And then someone uploads it on Facebook. Yeah, like it would have to be going pretty well. I, I do know of someone who took a selfie when they were on a date and they uploaded it to Instagram, which I found really awkward because it's like, did they wait for the date to leave the room and then they snapped the selfie? And do they follow the person yeah, on Instagram? They follow. Oh, it the was, yeah. Actually, just a thought, I do remember Alex saying that because of lockdown, she didn't get to meet him for a while. So maybe this first mm. date was actually their first in-person and not just a Zoom Or is date? it like a um, screenshot of when they were on Zoom <laughs> together? <laughs> Maybe. Well, as well as the photos, he'd also set up mementos that they'd collected throughout their time together. And of course, he hired a videographer to film the scavenger hunt, which was great because then we all got to have a little sneaky look at it on mm, Instagram. That video was absolute perfection. I loved it. I think the setting with the candles and the dogs. Oh, Do you know what it reminds me of? When Luca Bish from Love Island <laughs> proposed to Gemma to be his girlfriend, it was sort of that level, but it was awkward because they've broken up a couple yeah. of months after that. Now, Matt had a pretty interesting spill when he actually proposed to Alex. So he said, you're my person. You're my best friend. You're my soulmate. You're the best sex I've ever had. And you mean everything to me in this world. Please marry me. I love you. See, I didn't know this because I'd read all these articles and they must have got rid of the line about sex because this definitely wasn't included in a lot of the articles. very on brand for Alex Cooper. Mm. Like, was this a branding exercise? Was the PA like, hang on a sec, just add this line in? Well, in her podcast, when she was revealing Matt's name, she said, I bet you're all wondering who's going to get the gluck gluck 9000 for the rest of his life (laughs) how would you feel as the ex-wife and the other partners being like oh okay i'm sure ashley olsen does not give a fuck to be honest (laughs) i I was thinking about that though whitney port dated him and alex did a whole series of the hills people and she didn't interview whitney funnily Mm. enough 
I really related to Alex's response when she was being interviewed by W Magazine about her upcoming wedding because she said that she's not the sort of girl who's had a Pinterest board with her flowers and dresses and everything like that. And she said that everyone's been telling her, Alex, you know, you can't wear sweatpants to your wedding. And that just gave me a flashback to you guys telling me I couldn't wear a hoodie to my wedding. Yeah, but that's based on the dresses you were sending through. I was like, you cannot, like, what are we wearing, jeans? I am actually thinking that it might be a hoodie at this stage with how far (laughs) you were leaving this. Well, I kind of like Alex's idea because she said, oh, I don't want one of those big puffy dresses but then she said actually maybe that would allow me to wear my sweatpants underneath i thought i would just do a little not really a mukbang i just got some drinks sophia Begg has caused outrage for dressing up as the stingray that killed steve Irwin for an aussie themed costume party the 19 year old was forced to apologize after sharing the video to her 1 million tiktok followers Kate, how did this all come about? So on Wednesday, Sophia posted a TikTok video of her wearing a Stingray onesie and joked it was an outfit she couldn't wait to wear for European summer. And in the comments, she revealed the costume was for an Aussie dress-up party and she said she was going as a duo costume with her friend dressing up as Steve Irwin. For the Gen Zers listening, Steve Irwin, also known as a crocodile hunter, died in 2006 when he was pierced in the chest by a Stingray barb. He was just 44 at the time and was filming a doco series on the ocean's deadliest he left behind his wife terry and two children bindi and robert who were two and eight years old respectively at the time we were 17 when steve Irwin died and this story was massive his funeral was broadcast everywhere even my partner now he will go back and watch the funeral and just randomly and cry i think that just shows how much people love Steve Irwin Mm. and what a national icon he was. Oh, he truly was. And Sophia was instantly called out for being disrespectful to the Irwin family. One person wrote, it's literally blatant disrespect. Another said, definitely not a joke. And someone added, I just asked myself one question. Would I wear this in front of Bindi and Robert? Mm. No, that's a huge no. Now, while the majority did feel like the video was in bad taste, there were a few people defending the influencer. One person wrote, oh, lighten up. It's been 20 years someone else said i think it's funny and i love steve Irwin. life's too short to take it seriously another person added i think steve would have laughed at this it would have been different if she dressed up as a crocodile yeah exactly <laughs> i don't understand like steve Irwin and a crocodile that would have been great like why the stingray it's not funny at all i don't think it's funny at all but i do wonder because sophia Begg is a gen zetta if she didn't understand how well loved he was and understand i suppose the gravity of the situation well, at the time yeah she is the same age as robert Irwin, so they're both 19 so she was only two when steve Irwin but died the thing is If she is at the point where she's deciding to dress up as Steve Irwin and a Stingray, she then knows what a huge Aussie icon Steve Irwin was. I don't think it's a defense that she was too young to know the tragedy that surrounded the incident. Well, I feel like all the Gen Zers are loving Robert Irwin. So wouldn't they know the backstory as well? Like they're all frothing. And I feel really bad for Robert Irwin because Sophia has a million followers on TikTok. Surely that probably would have popped up in his and Bindi's TikTok accounts. Like how offensive. I also don't think that 2006 was too long ago to be poking fun at death i don't know for some reason death is a real thing for me that i don't think you poke fun at and i think the poster said it right if you couldn't wear that in front of robert and bindi then don't wear it yeah well sophia did end up removing the video and issued an apology the following day saying that she loved steve Irwin and didn't mean to offend anyone or disrespect steve's family she wrote i have thought about and reflected on my costume and i will not be wearing it and apologize wholeheartedly to anyone who was offended by it this was definitely not my intention i apologize 
apologize sincerely. I do think that is a nice apology. And we do have to remember she is a 19-year-old girl. Everyone makes mistakes at that age. And she is on a large platform, which obviously makes it more difficult when you make a mistake. I don't think there was any ill intent on Sophia's behalf. I think it's great that she did apologize. She took it down. She listened to everyone. The apology seemed genuine. But it does trouble me that people would find that funny. Like there were a lot of people defending what she did. And I'm like, just defending her, basically. I agree with you. It was offensive. However, think of all the dumb shit we've all done when we were 19. You feel feel like you need to chalk it down to that. I think a lot of people also use humor to deal with death. Look, I'll give her praise for apologizing. I'm interested to see what she does wear for this upcoming costume party. Well, I think that's all we've got time for today. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Outspoken. If you have enjoyed it, could you please make sure you are subscribed on Spotify and also Apple Podcasts. And if you do enjoy the podcast and you want some extra content, don't forget to sign up to Outspoken Plus. We've got a very juicy episode coming up on tomorrow's show all about relationships. Yeah, there'll be a bit of story time there from us. There will be. That's why we've had to put it behind a paywall because we don't really want our partners listening or our family and friends. Look, and if they are listening, it's not really about them. It's about other people. (laughs) (laughs) And this podcast was recorded on the traditional land of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains. We pay respect to elders past and present.